Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chargers go. Way to save the season. The throw. Fire. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Walkthrough with me, Jamie Hoyle. And as you can see, I have a very special guest with me today. Um, as I mentioned, it's not every day we get a former NFL player on the on the show. This is former Lions and Bucks standout Glover Quinn. Um, former NFL safety, former pro bowler, longtime player. We're thrilled to have him on the show. Glover, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, man, thank you for having me. It's Lions and Texans. Lions and Texans. My bad. I saw the jersey back there. I thought it was Bucks. My mistake. <laughs> oh, um, already off to a bad start. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. You good. You good. All right. So, Glover, like I told you before we came on the show, um, this is a preview show. So, we're having you on to help preview the Lions. Uh, I'll start by asking you a few questions, and then hopefully you'll have some questions for me about the Chargers, and we'll just kind of chop it up a little bit, kicking back and forth, and it'll go, you know, probably 45 minutes to an hour, if that's good with you, and uh, and we'll we'll get started. All righty. All right. 
So uh, obviously the Lions are having a really good season. They're off to a strong start, playing some really good football. And uh, it seems like they're really responding really well to uh, Dan Campbell, their head coach. So what can you tell me about the changes that Dan Campbell has made in the locker room on the field that's helped kind of turn the turn the organization around since he arrived? Well, I mean, Dan, you know, his whole background, his personality, everything is basically built on – uh, grit, hard work, dedication, um, toughness. He was that type of player. And um, obviously he's that type of coach. And he's been able to, you know, bring that attitude to the team, um, bring it back, so to say. And that's that's really the 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 personality, the the blueprint of the city. You know, Detroit's a hardworking you know, blue collar, um, just tough minded people. Um, that's, that's, that's the city. And so he's been able to, you know, bring that personality back to the football program. Um, and you know, he's getting, he's getting results now, you know, he's had a couple of rough years, um, last year, you know, the expectations were really high coming off of hard knocks and coming off, you know, going into year two, of his time, the the expectations were high, they, you know, and they started out off bad situation. I think they were one in five or something like that starting out. And then they, um, you know, down the stretch, I think they finished up like nine and two or something like that and were eight and one or something like eight and two, somewhere like that. And, you know, they were, you know, one game from getting in the playoffs. Seattle wins at the end. You know, they don't get in, um, but they go to Green Bay on a game that Green Bay needed to have to make it to the playoffs. Um, must win game for Green Bay. The Lions destiny had already been sealed uh, earlier in the day, and they went out there and, and whooped up on Green Bay in Green Bay in a must win game for Green Bay. Um, and I think they just took that same momentum right into the offseason. They had an incredible offseason. Um, free agency added some pieces to the secondary. Um, they were big, added David Montgomery as a running back to replace Jamal Williams. That was huge for him. Um, so they had a really good offseason, um, uh, far as free agency goes. And then you look at the draft, the guys that they were able to get in the draft, Brian Branch, you know, who's been playing great. Um, Sam Laporta, who's been playing great. Jack Campbell, you know, some really good tough-minded, love football type of of rookies, um, Jameer Gibbs, you know, the first-round draft pick, you know, just some guys that, you know, embodies the same personality as the coach. Um, love the game, love the play, love the work, and they have came in and fit right into to what they're doing, and they've seen immediate results from that. And so I just think it took some time to get um, – you know, the the system in to build the the mentality, get the guys, the right guys in the place that you want it. And I think now we're finally seeing, you know, what they could be. Um and right now they're in a good spot sitting at six and two, coming off the bye. Um the division, Minnesota has crept back up, although they are uh without their starting quarterback and Kirk Cousins. Um but I feel like the Lions should be able to go ahead and take this division, Barney, healthy. 
So it's just it's just coming together at the right time for him. And 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 Dan Campbell has done a great job of you know getting the guys in, him and Brad Holmes, and getting them coached up how how he wants them to be. And they're playing tough, gritty, good football. So you mentioned some rookies, the rookie class, guys that we do a lot of draft prep on our on our podcast, and we loved Laporta. We I, I was a huge Brian Branch fan coming out. Uh, also really high on Jameer, on Jameer Gibbs. So why don't you talk about what those three guys have added? And even even Campbell, um, in my opinion, was the best linebacker in the class. So why don't you talk about what those guys added to the offense and to the defense, how they're being utilized, and and what kind of wrinkles they've added? Um, well, that that's the thing. You know, I think um, for, for you look at the offense, you know, the offense was already pretty explosive. You know, last year they had several games where they were over 35 points. You know, they, they were already pretty explosive offensively, um, but they lost the, basically their two guys in the backfield. They lost DeAndre Swift to, a, I think they traded him to um, – uh, Philly, or he left in free agency. I can't remember. I think he traded. I think he left uh, in free agency. Maybe left in free agency. Yeah. I think Jamal Williams left in free agency and went to the Saints. Um, and so they end up having to replace those guys, right? So they replaced Jamal with David Montgomery in free agency, and then they went out and got Jameer Gibbs to basically replace DeAndre Swift. Um, and Jameer Gibbs was explosive at Alabama. He was excellent running back and you know they brought him along slowly you know limiting him in touches but this past week you know well the week before on monday night david montgomery's out you know he gets a bulk of the carries and he goes over 150 yards that's the type of explosiveness that's the type of ability that he has um, that's why he's a first round draft pick. And so adding him to an already explosive offense, you know, was a big, was a big addition for that offense. And they've been playing pretty well for the most part throughout the course of the season. And then you look at a guy like Brian Branch and Dan Campbell, I mean, not Dan Campbell, but Jack Campbell, but let me go back to the offense and adding Sam Laporta last year, they let go, they traded TJ Hawkinson. You know, that was a big move to me because I thought TJ Hawkinson was a good player. He's a high draft pick for him, and now they was trading him. But then to come back this year and backdoor him with a Sam Laporta, a guy tight end, he's been playing phenomenal. Um, you know, they was going to have to pay TJ Hawkinson. Obviously, he was coming up on contract year and things like that. And so you see they make a trade, get, get him out of there and bring somebody in. And Sam Laporta has been an excellent addition to this offense as well. He obviously uh, understands the game. He obviously knows how to play. He loves to play. He's created a great relationship with Jared Goff because Jared Goff goes to him. He trusts him. He trusts him to be in the right spots. And so that just shows you that they've been putting in work together, and that gives a lot of credit to a guy like Sam Laporta. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball, Brian Branch, you know, having a guy like that as a safety, you know, so he's going to be a tackler, a tougher type of guy. But I've been, you know, athletic enough, fast enough, quick enough to be able to play the nickel for you. That just gives you more flexibility of what you can do defensively because you you can be in a nickel defense and be really strong against the run because you got an extra safety in the game for you. Um, but then you can also match up defensively uh, against the pass because he's good enough to cover those slots. He can cover some tight ends down in there. 
So he's just been a great addition to this to this defense. And, you know, we saw it open the night. It's a big pick six of Patrick Mahomes returns it. Um, he was playing incredible for a couple games. Then he got injured, um, hurt his ankle. I think he was out for a few weeks. And um, he came back and right back to playing well. And so I would think coming off the bye week, had another another week to get healthier. I, I would expect for him to come back and be feeling really good. And Jack Campbell has been the same way, just flying around, playing linebacker, you know, making plays. You know, the, the, their whole class has just been those those top four guys for sure has really been like some great additions offensively and defensively to this team. And you know, when you can when you can add that from a rookie standpoint. You know, you you couple that with some some veterans, some some experienced guys, and you're gonna have yourself a good, good, good situation. Um, so I noticed kind of looking over some stats, getting ready for this, that it seems like the Lions are doing a really good job defensively on on third downs. They're having a lot of success getting the other team off the field on third downs. What are they doing defensively? Are they finding themselves in a lot of third and long situations? Uh what what is leading to that success on third down? Well, third down success comes from first and second down success. You know, you can't be successful in third downs if the teams are constantly in third and one, third and two, third and three. They're going to come. They're going to convert those more times than not. And so in order to be good on third down, you have to be good on first down, stopping the run and putting them in second and long situations, um, forcing them to be in possible third and long situations. You know, the odds of getting third and one to three are a lot higher than getting third and 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 four to eight. And then it goes down even more when you got to get to third and 10, 9, 10 plus. And so if you can do a good job on first and second down, keeping the team behind the chains, not letting them run for six, seven yards on first down, now you get a chance to put yourself in in longer third down situations where you can turn, turn loose your pass rush. They got guys, Aiden Hutchinson, that's been playing incredible, rushing a passer, you know, when you can turn those guys loose to go and get after the passer, you're going to increase your chances of getting off the field on third down, especially when they have longer down and distances to go. And so I think that's the biggest thing. You know, their run defense was up there in the top five for a long time. I think they probably dropped after the Baltimore game and Baltimore pretty much ran uh, whatever they wanted to run on those guys. Um, but I think they're still a top five, top ten, you know, run defense. And that's what helps you on third down, getting teams in those situations where they got to convert longer down in distances. And when you look at the offense and how they've been playing, a lot of times teams get up on you, you know, and, and when the lines get up on you, now it takes you away from your running game a little bit because you're trying to keep up with points. And that also can help you get in more third and long situations because now it's a incomplete pass on first down. It's a holding on second down. Now it's second and extra long. And then you get six yards and now it's third and 12. Um, those situations have been happening as well. So I think all of it kind of combines and comes together for them to be, you know, having third down success. Obviously the players got to go out and cover. They got to go out and execute the defensive call. They got to rush. They got to, you know, stay away from penalties on third down and things like that. But for the most part, you give yourself a chance when you be successful on first down, second down, that puts you in third and third and longer situations.
So when they find themselves in those third and longer situations, I, I know you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. It seems like his game is evolving here in year two. Um, are they are they blitzing a lot? Are they getting home with four man rushes? What what is their what's the cause of their success with their pass rush? I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, I think it depends on the game and how they've done it. You know, they had some games where they haven't really blitzed that much, and and you know those guys have gotten pressure, and then they have some games where they blitz a little bit linebacker here there. I think they do a good job of green dogging or, you know, rush linebackers rushing through running backs when running backs stay in the block and things like that and read no situations well because I think Alex Anzalone has, you know, three or four sacks that I know I've seen him get. Um, so I, th- I think it's a little bit of everything. I don't I don't think they are just known as like, all right, they're getting third and whatever. They're going to be a blitz-happy team, and I don't think they're known as, hey, they're not blitzing really at all. It's going to be a cover team. I think they kind of mix it up based off the situation and, and who they're playing and the matchups and what they got going on, the timing of the game. Um, and they may hit you with a blitz on third down. They may hit you with some coverage and let Aiden and, and, and the rest of the guys get after you if they're having some success on, on, on their pass rushes. So it's just one of those things. But, you know, this week playing against, you know, and I, I always, for some reason, because I don't really talk a lot about the Chargers, so it's so hard for me to say the Los Angeles Chargers. I get so I get so jacked up saying San Diego, but I'm gonna try not to do that this whole time. Um, but this week, playing playing against you know LA, obviously the 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 defense is gonna have to is gonna have to play big against Justin Herbert and 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 Keenan Allen. But I, I I'm I'm more worried about you guys' defense, you know. This past week, you know, Khalil Mack looked like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and, like, the defense looked really good. Obviously, Derwin James getting healthier and healthier and Asante Samuels playing. Like, you guys' defense looked really good. And I know you are playing against the Jets. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But – they still look really good. And, you know, having two premier edge rushers with some premier secondary guys, that 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 scares me a little bit. I mean, what was this? And and I haven't watched a lot of Seattle. I mean, not uh, I haven't watched a lot of L.A. this year. So, you know, was this like a breakout game for those guys or have they been playing as good? I haven't really seen as much. I've expected you guys to win. Um, I've picked you guys a lot of games, um, but I haven't really felt or seen the impact that like they had this past week. Um, the last week was by far their best defensive performance. They've been getting steadily better. They also had a really good performance, uh, Sunday night against the bears last week. So this is a group that I think is ascending. They're finally healthy. Um, Bosa was banged up early in the season. He seems like he's getting back to being at least close to 100%. Max game is really elevated since about week two or three. Um, they've also they've added uh, Dean Marlowe at safety, who's allowing Derwin to play closer to the line of scrimmage and is letting him kind of play more like a third linebacker role and kind of hunt the ball a little bit more. And they just – I think they went into last week's game knowing that the Jets didn't really have an offense. They, they weren't going to beat him over the top. If they stopped the run – with that offensive line, they were going to get to Zach Wilson and they were probably going to force some turnovers. It's just, it's just kind of the script that you saw coming for that game. So I don't want to take credit away from them. I do think their defense is getting better, but I think it's kind of a wait and see thing because 
they played two pretty bad teams the last couple of weeks, at least two really bad offenses. And it's hard to say, you know, pound the table and say, yeah, they've arrived. This is the defense we're going to see for the rest of the season. But if that pass rush continues to go the way they've been going the last three weeks or so, then I think there's a chance the defense could start to turn around and do some damage in the second half of the season. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, and then offensively, you know, I've always liked you guys offensively. And I know you guys are dealing with some injuries. Um, Keenan Allen has been a constant guy going over 10,000 yards for his career. That's incredible. Uh, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, like what what has been going on outside of the injuries? You know, it looks like you guys have just, you know, and I know the Jets defense is pretty good, but it looked like the it wasn't like they was trying to take a lot of shots up top. It's more like possession, you know, dink and donk kind of offense, kind of work your way down the field. Um, obviously going to Eckler and, and Keenan Allen. Um is there, I don't know, have, 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 is there not, are they not trying to stretch the ball downfield because of the injuries to, you know, Mike Williams and those guys, or is that just the new offense and what they're trying to do? I think they're still trying to figure out what their identity is. I think, you know, there's an element to their offense that they're really successful throwing the ball short, um, you know, getting the ball in Eckler's hands and Keenan's hands quickly, getting it out of Herbert's hands as quickly as they can. Uh, and there's a couple reasons for that. One is with Corey Lindsay out, their offensive line has really struggled. They're just not, the protections aren't as consistent. They're not communicating things as well. They're not passing things off as well. So they're missing a lot of assignments, particularly in the middle of the offensive line. So they're trying to get the ball out so that Herbert doesn't have to hold the ball and get the ball down the field. I think they would like to get the ball down the field. And I think against the right matchups at times they have, they had some success getting the ball down the field against the Vikings, for example, um, and in a few other games, but it just hasn't been consistent. And I think it seems like Kellen Moore just hasn't really figured out who he wants to be or what he wants the offense to be. They've just been really kind of disjointed, you know, week one, they run the ball really well. They haven't run the ball since 
against the Vikings. They're getting chunk plays, throwing the ball down the field. They haven't had as much success doing that since. Um, so there's a lot of things going on, but I think uh, if they can protect, they'd like to get the ball down the field. They just haven't really, they've been in a lot of, you know, third and long situations because they're not running the ball well on first and second down and it's kind of making them more predictable. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just funny to see Kellen because I played with Kellen at uh in Detroit. Oh, you did? Yeah, when I was in Detroit and I got to Detroit in 2013. Kellen Kellen came to Detroit, or was he in the Detroit in 13? I think he might have been in Detroit in 2013. Yeah, because he was there with Scott Linehan. And I I was only with Scott, I think, one year, my first year there, 2013, with Jim Swartz. And Scott Linehan was the coordinator. And so then Scott left and went to Dallas. I think Kellen was playing. And then the next year, Kellen, Jim Caldwell and them came in. And I think Kellen got released because they brought in Dan Orlovsky, I think, as the backup quarterback. And then Kellen went to Dallas to be the backup quarterback. But he was going basically to be with Scott Linehan. And then once he gets released from Dallas or however that worked out, he just went right into a quarterback coaching role. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of changes or whatever, and next thing you know, he's an offensive coordinator. And then he gets out of Dallas, and now he's in in uh, L.A. And so it's kind of cool to see. Like, you know, I, I watched him in college. Obviously, I was a little older than him what he was. So I watched him in college, you know, at Boise and and played with him for a year. Uh smart guy, definitely a smart guy. He de- he looks like a he looks like a coordinator type of guy. Um <laughs> but it's kind of cool to see him um, you know, doing his thing as a coordinator. But I I can see it taking some time to kind of figure out who you want to be, you know what I'm saying? Because I I'm sure he's probably really and influenced by Lenahan and then McCarthy and all those guys. And now you're kind of on your own to be able to develop your offense and what you want to be and, you know, going into L.A. And, you know, I think Justin Herbert, I don't understand why you guys are trying to get the ball out of his hands so quickly. Like he's the $200 million guy. But, I mean, I get you saying the offensive line has struggled. Um, so you definitely don't want to get him hurt. But, man, they got to get that guy a chance to sling it, man. He, he, he can throw it. I think that was the goal of bringing Kellen Moore in. Um, I think they've had a hard time getting separation with the wide receivers too. Keenan's really good underneath, but he's not really a guy who's going to stretch the field. They brought in um, Quinton Johnston in the draft, and the idea was he was going to be their CD lamb, but they really haven't used him at all, let alone using him like that. Uh, it just seems like they're confused on who and what they want Johnston to be within the confines of the offense. They, they're kind of trying to make him be Mike Williams, and that's not really his game. Um, Josh Palmer has been great. They they're getting decent production out of the tight end group, but that's kind of a limited group as well. Once you get past, um, Everett, that group is not that great, not that deep. So I, you know, I think they're just trying to make things easy on him as much as they can by not asking him to hold the ball too much. Cause with, with Will Clapp at center, instead of Corey Lindsley, there's just a big, there's a lot missing there from a leadership and a recognition and a communication standpoint. It's just, it's a huge drop off. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, Kellen, do you know him well? Were you guys close at all while you were playing together? I mean, I wouldn't say we were like close like that, but I, 
I know him. I've had conversations with him, um, but I don't have his phone number. I think that, <laughs> I think that's kind of in in today's world. That's kind of how I uh, judge closeness. You know what I'm saying? Like I know people. I play with people. I mean, we got great relationships, you know, in the locker room and things like that. But we probably didn't hang out outside of football or this and this and that. So I don't really have his phone number. And if I do have a number, it's probably nine years old if he didn't change it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but yeah, if I seen Kellen right now, I, would, I mean, we could have a conversation and talk and, you know, I would, he would know who I am and I know who he is, but. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and boast like I, I know Kellen intricately like that. Well, when you did know him at the level that you knew him, um, was he a guy that struck you as, you know, yeah, he's going to be a coach. He's a great leader or what were you, are you surprised by the career path he's taken? What's your, well, what I didn't, thoughts on I, him? I didn't see Kellen as, um, a leader, leader type because he was quieter, but he was playing behind Stafford and he was, you know, it was a different environment. Um, obviously you would think he has to be some type of a good leader because of way the way he was able to do things at in college at Boise. Um, but he was more quiet guy. He wasn't he's not a very big guy, he's kind of a small, he's not like I mean, if you just saw Kellen walking on the street, you wouldn't think that he was a football player. You know, he doesn't have he wasn't built like a athletic type guy he was just smart and he could throw the ball um so yeah i could definitely see him being a coach i i I could definitely see him taking that path he you know he's a backup quarterback for a while so he's smart he understands the game he understands the offense and all those type of things um so i could definitely see him being a coach like i say he leadership wise i didn't really get to see it as much just because like i said he was behind stafford um and it was just a different situation there that that year with uh, Jim Swartz last year in Detroit. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I'm sure he's he's somebody that can that can you know garner the respect of 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 his offense, of his guys that that he's leading. Um, and if you can't, then yeah, it's going to show quickly, and you'll you'll be out of there. I think so. So as a former defensive guy, how if you were drawing up the defensive game plan against the Chargers, how how would you attack the Chargers offense? 
I mean, I really what I want to do, I'm going to pack the underneath because that's where they're trying to get Austin Eckler the ball underneath. They're trying to get the tight ends the ball underneath, and they're trying to get Keenan Allen the ball. And like you said, Keenan Allen is really good underneath, and the only way he's going to beat you over the top is through a double move. And he runs really good routes, so he will beat you on a double move. That's just the way that he that he is. But I'm going to force you to do that. Um, you know, you mentioned the offensive line. I, I want to attack the weaknesses, you know, through different, you know, rush games. You say they can't pass them off. Well, okay, we're going to see how they handle this stunt on the end, uh, uh, on the interior. Like, we, let's, 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 let's see – how they handle it early in the game. And so for me, I would come out early in the game and throw some blitzes at them and just see how they handle it. If they ain't handling it, it's going to be a long day for you because I'm going to keep bringing them. You know, if you pick them up, now I'm like, okay, well, they did that. They did those pretty good. I might come out the second drive and, you know, see if they can pick them up again, right? Make sure that it wasn't a fluke. And then if they're continuing to pick him up, I might be like, okay, well, they 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 seem to have that down or they're not struggling, so we're going to do something different. But if they show any kind of signs of struggle, then I'm going to keep bringing the pressure. But understanding they're trying to get the ball out of Herbert's hands. So at secondary, we can't be playing eight, nine, ten yards off and just giving up short underneath passes. We got to compress the field and come down and force them to take us up top. And if they do that, then we can adjust, but we're not going to just give them that, you know, but we got to stop the key players and the key players, in my opinion, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. If we stop those two guys and slow those two guys down, I don't think the tight ends will beat you. They can make a couple of plays, but I don't think they'll beat you. Um, I don't know any other the wide receivers, honestly. So I can't say whether they will or won't beat you. Um, I know Mike Evans and not Mike Evans, Mike Williams, um, definitely a big time guy, um, but he's not there. So that would be my game plan. Let's make sure that we get up on these guys, force them to take shots up top, get pressure on Herbert and and continue to stop the run and Austin Eckler out the backfield in the pass game. But I would put that same question to you, you know, with, with the lines, um, being ex- explosive as they are, Jared Goff leading the charge, Jameer Gibbs coming off a big game like he had, you know, on Monday Night Football. But now you're coming off the bye. David Montgomery's supposed to be back. You're getting Frank Ragnow back on the O-line. You're getting Jonah Jackson back on the O-line. So the O-line should be getting healthier. That's probably the strength of that offense, you know, with Taylor Decker, Pine Sewell, those guys. Um, you're getting – um, Jamison Williams is hopefully starting to get back into his groove coming off of his suspension. And, you know, we need to get more shots down the field with him. But how do you guys, you know, a stop or attack this Lions offense and try to slow those guys down? I think you might be muted. Uh, the first thing they have to do is they they really have to um, obviously slow down Amon St. Ra. Um, they've got to I think they've got to get in his face, make him work his way down the field, um, maybe bracket him at times, and find ways to slow him down and make somebody else beat you in the passing game. 
there was a time earlier in the season where I probably would have been really nervous about the Chargers stopping the run. They've been really good against the run the last three or four weeks. So I feel like they're in a position where they can at least contain the running game. So really keep them to third and medium, third and long. The Chargers run really good line games up front with Bosa and Thule and Mack. So find ways to continue to run and execute those those line games and get pressure in, in Goff's face. Um, I think you want to make Goff beat you down the field and kind of take away some of those short passes. So that's that's kind of how I would attack it. I know Goff was a guy who, when the Lions traded for him, people thought, oh, it'll be one year and the Lions will be drafting a, a quarterback in the first round. But he seems like he's turned his game around. So I think you really got to gotta hit him. You got to get after him, make him feel the pressure, and hopefully make make him make some mistakes down the field. I think that sounds about right. Sounds about <laughs> right. You know, I, I, like I said, I think the Lions want to run the ball. Um, getting David Montgomery back, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they do it this week because, like I said, Jameer Gibbs had a big, big day, uh, big night on Monday Night Football, and and now you're getting David Montgomery back. So. How do you, you know, how they're going to mix up those carries to where David Montgomery can get, you know, the carries that he need, but Jameer Gibbs can get the touches that he need, and you still have, you know, some left over for Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta and, and and those guys. You know, I'm interested to see how Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to, you know, fit into this equation as well. You know, I think he came in at the perfect time, you know, he got traded right at the, right on their bye week. So he's, he's, he's not coming in on a Tuesday, getting ready for a game on Sunday. He came in on a Tuesday over the bye week. So he was able to get a couple probably, they probably practice. I mean, they played on that Monday night. So I'm pretty sure they didn't do anything that Tuesday. They might've had a light day Wednesday and give them a break. Right. But they probably came back on Sunday night, practice Monday. Um, probably took Tuesday off and now went. So he's had, you know, plenty of time to get some practices in, to to get some uh, offensive understanding in as well. So I'd be interested to see how he's going to, you know, fit into the equation. You know, I, they, wasn't, they weren't getting much from Marvin Jones. Um, and, you know, he decided to step away and, you know, tend to his family. Um, and, you know, Jamison Williams hasn't been – that deep threat that I think they expect him to be. Um, so I'd be interested to see how Donovan Peoples-Jones, bigger body, you know, how they try to use him and how he fits into that equation. But this is just a lot of options over there, and I'm pretty sure it's, it's tough to try to figure out how you're going to get all these guys the ball. And Man. Yeah, I think what worries me is uh, Laporta against the Chargers linebackers. That's that's a matchup that I'm not crazy about. And any kind of crossers in breaking routes that put the linebackers in conflict. Um, you know, Kenneth Murray's having a really good season. Still don't necessarily love him in coverage. Eric Kendricks looks a step or two slow right now. He's really struggling in coverage. Uh, so anything that forces those guys to make decisions and cover space, cover men in the open field, I think is going to give the Lions a lot of success. So that those are a couple matchups that really worry me for the Chargers defense. Yeah. Have they been using Laporta in that kind of intermediate area, or is he more of a safety blanket for them underneath? You know what? He's kind of been all over. You know what I'm saying? I've seen them use him as a safety blanket. 
I've seen them use it in the intermediate, and I've seen them, you know, get downfield, stretch the field, and 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 make and make plays. You know, I think um, when they played against Tampa a few weeks ago, they really tried to uh, go at Levante David. And Levante David held up. I thought Levante David played a great game against Sam Laporta, but they were going down the field, across the field, like they were trying to get him the ball. And so I, I think, you know, if they got Durin, you know, matched up on Laporta, you know, that'll probably, you know, take away from what they try to do with Laporta, you know, because of the respect uh, for Durin. You can't continue to just go at a guy like that without him making an impact play in the game. Um, but if they can get the Chargers to put their best DB um, on Sam Laporta, then that obviously is going to open up more space for the other guys, Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield and, and you know, just different things like that because, you know, Derwin James is is locked up with Sam Laporta. And as a rookie, sometimes you just all right. Well, you just got to be the, you just got to be the decoy for the weekend. <laughs> it just is what it is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they try to match that up. But I think they use Laporta, however, however they see fit. I don't think they have him just as a safety blanket. I think if Jared Goff gets in trouble, he will look for Laporta because he's shown to be a reliable guy. You know what I'm saying? So he'll look for Laporta. But I don't think that's that's their thought process with him is like, hey, we just need you to be, you know, the safety blanket, make sure you're this or that. Like, I think they call plays for him in the intermediate. I think they take shots, you know, call plays for him to get downfield. And if he if he wins, you know, they're going to they're going to throw it to him and, and, and see if he can make those plays. And so it'd be interesting to see how they how they do it this week. Like I said, with a guy like Derwin James who will possibly be lined up on him at some point. Where where have opposing offenses had success against the Lions defense? What what what's working for opposing offenses? Well well when the Lions the two games that they've lost, the two games that they've lost, it's kind of been the same formula. Um you know when they lost to Seattle, Seattle was able to run the ball some, um, but Seattle beat them with um DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett, um, crossing routes, underneath stuff, run out the catch, um, and then every now and then they got a shot. But Geno Smith being active in the pocket, being able to get out, convert third downs, and they were just able to beat up on the lines. And then you go to two weeks ago against Baltimore. Baltimore was able to run the ball on them. Lamar Jackson was stellar that game. Staying alive in the pocket. When you can stay alive in the pocket, give your receivers more time, makes the pass rush tired. So now they're tired from pass rushing, so then they're probably not as strong as, and, and ready for run defense as well. Um, and they were just able to control the game. You know, and I, I think a lot of it stemmed from the running game, power running game, um, and then mobile quarterbacks able to keep things alive and, and get guys downfield. I think they played off of 
the the Ravens wide receivers way too much. They gave, you know, those guys way too much credit. Odell Beckham and um say Marquise Brown um gave those guys way too much space and it made them pay. And so I was I was afraid, I was a little worried the game before that when they played Tampa because Tampa had Mike Evans, had Chris Godwin. So I was like, okay, when we play a team that got, you know, a couple good wide receivers, eh, it could get dicey. And so they they did well against Tampa. They did not play well against the Ravens. They came back this past week, well, the week before, I guess, before the bye against um, – who did they play on Monday night? Uh – Good question. Oh, the Raiders. Um, they came back against the Raiders and they played well against Devontae Adams. But then again, you know, how much of that was Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo because Devontae Adams was running wide open for two touchdowns. Um, and they didn't make the throw. They didn't, they didn't execute it. So I think teams, you know, like that – have been able to give them problems. So you guys, you know, are you guys going to be able to stick to uh, or produce like a power run game instead of a finesse run game? You know, um, can Herbert stay alive in the pocket and, and, and make plays off schedule? Those are the type of things that, that has been hurting the Lions defense for sure. Yeah, for sure. those are those are all good points. I think those are areas the Chargers need to work on too. They've when they've had success running the ball, it's usually with a power running game. Um, when they struggle, it's usually because they are switching back to their outside zone, which they've had no success with. But they seem to be determined to try to pound that pound the ball that way, even though they don't do it very well. So it's been a little frustrating to watch. Um, all right, well, what what's your prediction for the game? How do you, how do you think this game is going to go? Oh man. So they're playing in, in LA. Um I can see this being a shootout to a to a degree. Um I think the Chargers offense can be explosive. You know, they are missing some guys, but I still think they I mean, they put up some points against the Jets' defense, and I think the Jets' defense is pretty good. Um, but I think the Lions can be explosive as well, especially coming off of the bye. You know, coaches got time to draw all types of stuff up, and you got time to practice it. And, you know, the guys are excited to be back on the field playing again. It's going to be in L.A. It's beautiful, great environment. Um. So I can see this one being a, a pretty entertaining game. And so I, w- I would probably, I w- you know, I, I think I have to get the Lions to win. I think they're playing pretty good. Um, but I think offensively, you know, with you guys missing some guys, I think the Lions offense would get the the nod if we had to just go offense to offense. I think we would say the Lions offense is probably their O-line is stronger. They, they're, you know, the offense is probably stronger. I think defensively, you know, if you guys play the way you guys played on Monday night, I think defensively you guys are probably 
a touch, you know, with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, um, Derwin James. Like, you guys have uh, some guys really that can disrupt an offense. Um, and the Lions have some guys, too. But I just think from a, you know, weighted standpoint, we probably would say, okay, we'll give San Diego's defense, if they play the way they played on Monday night, um, we'll give them the nod. And then it comes down to special teams or or which quarterback is going to make the most plays or which coaching staff and, and all that stuff. And I don't really try to get into all that stuff. So I would I will say the Lions will probably get, get the win. Um, tough game on the road. Exciting four. It's a four o'clock game, right? Well, probably one o'clock out there, right? Uh, it's one o'clock, yeah, yeah, one, one o'clock so out four, here, four o'clock Eastern. So it's three o'clock. Entertaining game. It's gonna get dark on the East Coast while they're playing. So it'll be a great night, and I, I'm I'm gonna say it's gonna be a like thirty eight thirty one type of game, thirty eight twenty eight, thirty five thirty one. Somewhere in that range, type of thing. but I'll give it to the Lions. Obviously, um, yeah, I think I think looking at this game, I think what concerns me is the Chargers are coming off of a really physical game uh, with the Jets on Monday Night Football, coming back playing six days later uh, with two cross country flights in two days. I feel like this is a game the Chargers probably lose. Um, because I think the Lions are a really good football team. And I think it's probably going to be a fun game. I'm going to say 31-27 mm, in a close one. Um, I just feel like with the, the Lions might have some success running the ball later in the game. Um the Chargers are healthy. They're fully healthy for the first time all year going into a game. Their their injury report is actually completely clean with, with the exception of Herbert's finger. So uh, they are healthy, but I think the Lions probably pull it out. I just have a feeling we're going to see some explosive plays pop up against the Chargers defense again, which is something they've limited the last couple of weeks, but this is a different offense than what they faced the last couple of weeks. So I'll go 31-27. Lions in a really close game, probably a late win late in the fourth quarter. Sounds about right. I would have to I would have to agree. I think I think it'll be that type of game. And I, I think agree. the Lions will get the win. <laughs> <laughs> no bias there though, right? <laughs> no bias. I, you know what? What's what's been bad is that you know, I'm not really good at seeing the the bad. I, I always look at, you know, how the game should play out, and it doesn't always play out that way, right? So it's been hard for me to pick. A, like I picked the Lions to beat Seattle. I mean, it was coming off of a big opening night win. It's a first home game. I picked the Lions to beat Seattle. You know, I picked them to beat the Ravens. I didn't think the Ravens were playing great. You know, I think the Ravens went on a roll when they beat the Lions because they've been steamrolling people these last couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? But before that, I didn't think the Ravens were. I mean, they was they lost. I mean, they lost a few games, right? So I'm like, the Lions got to go on the road and get another win. They went to Tampa and got a win. This is how you show that you're a good football team. The Lions got to go and do it, and they went and got drug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so 
this game is like the Lions, you're coming off the bye, right? You're playing against an L.A. team, right? Like you said, they traveled across the country, flew to New York, had to fly back. Um, they played on Monday night. It's a short week for them. Yeah, it's a home game for them, but it's a short week. It's a physical game in, in, in New York. Like, you guys are rested, coming up. Like, you guys should be able to go out there and win this game. It's hard for me to pick them to lose, but I got to pick them to lose at least. I got to pick them to lose at least twice this year. I just don't know when. Oh, only twice? Well, I mean, I, it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for a team to just go undefeated. So I feel like I got to pick them to lose at least twice. I'm, I'm over here expecting them to go 17-0. and 0. I don't think well, that's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen, but I like the optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Glover, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you had a good time. I did. Appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate yep. you having me. It's my pleasure. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you if they want to go looking for you and hear more from you? Well, we, um, you know, I'm on the Believe in Lines podcast on the uh, Believe Network and anywhere else you listen to your podcast and all those different things. Um, and then I'm just on all the social medias personally. Glover Quinn on Instagram, Glover Quinn Jr. on Twitter. Um, uh, TikTok, you know, I got several pages on my Instagram cause I do a bunch of different things. So all those are on my, all those tags are out there. Um, but if you just search my name, you can find me, um, all over. Well, here's for hoping, here's hoping for a Chargers Lions Super Bowl. Maybe we can do this again in January or February. That'd be dope. That would be. That'd be dope. <laughs> That'd be dope. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, uh, man. Thank you. Yep. For those of you who tuned in, we appreciate you tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the content. Um, just a reminder, we have uh, on Sunday, we have our after hour show. Um, Monday, we have off. Tuesday, we have our mailbag show. Wednesday, we have another walk. Or I'm sorry, Wednesday, we have score more. Thursday, we have a walkthrough. And next Friday, we will have Craig with I Got Five on it. That's our schedule. Please make sure you subscribe, like, and follow. We appreciate the support. And we will see everybody next time. Thank you.